Welcome to Petsitter Confessional. Today we're brought to you by Time to Pet and the National Association of Professional Petsitters. What does the future of your business look like? Is everything still relying on you? And what kind of goals are you setting for yourself now that are different than what you had in the beginning? Our businesses change and adapt and evolve as we do as well. As we fall in love with different parts of our businesses, as our needs change, so too does our business. Today, we're really excited to have Anna Rickert, owner of Pup Culture, on the show to talk about how she stripped out services that weren't serving her or her staff well, how it's been bringing on a manager and building a robust team structure that she hopes will last when she's not with the business anymore. Let's get started. So I own Pup Culture Dog Walking and Pet Sitting, and we're based, I guess, technically in Golden Valley, Minnesota, although we cover Minneapolis and the North and West metro area. We have a large service area. And we have been in business uh, since 2013, so about 10 and a half years. And we have a team of 27 um, employees. And um, we do dog walking and cat sitting during the hours of 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, and a little bit less on the weekends. So we focus mostly on dog walking. And um, there's a lot, there's a lot there. So you have a really large service area. How do you have that divided up between your employees? Yeah. So we uh, kind of have it divided into four sections. And we, uh, I have, team leads and each team lead kind of takes a one of those sections and is kind of kind of oversees the employees in that area and you know the clients too um we're down to team leads though so I could use two more but that's that's what we strive for and keep our sitters and walkers to those areas and even smaller like within those areas you know because of course we don't want them you know driving far and whatnot. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how we, we do that. Um, and it's worked out pretty well. Uh, although I do find that it's sometimes difficult because we'll be overstaffed in like one area and then like understaffed in another area, and, you know, various, like, you know, we'll suddenly get a bunch of client inquiries in one area, but not another. And like, you know, so it's, it is a little bit of a balancing act too. Yeah. So are you, so you say you, you are having, you hire staff that live in that service area or are you okay with them driving into that service area? For the most part, we like to hire people that live in that area or close to like where they'll be doing visits because uh, with being in Minnesota and winters, you know, we don't want people driving real far. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't mind, but it really is that, you know, because even on really snowy days or whatever, we'll still visit if we have to. And so if people have to drive really far to do, you know, to do those visits and if it's bad weather, I just found that it doesn't work out. So it's best if they live close, you know? Yeah. And I know that's one part of trying to talk with potential hires about how that works. That's something that we have to really spend a lot of time communicating with them of just how intensive the driving is and how we're trying to manage that and how, yeah, okay. I mean, we get people who apply to our job who live like 45 minutes away and we're like, okay, you're telling me you're okay to drive 45 minutes in for like three hours or maybe four hours of work and then drive 45 minutes back home. And they're like, oh yeah, no, that's no problem. And I just, 
I just don't believe that. And plus, I'm also worried during weather or traffic or who knows what comes up. It's just the reliability there starts to come into question. Right, right. And sometimes, yeah, I mean, I feel bad, um, you know, talking people out of the job. But I mean, sometimes you have to because you just, you know how it is, um, you know, from seeing, you know, trying it with, you know, various employees and then just from doing visits yourself, how like you can just get so burnt out from driving so much, you know, so, um, so it's almost uh, saving people from themselves a little bit, you know, when, um, when you're trying to talk them out of like, you're going to hate that 45 minute drive in, you know, and then drive some more, you know, all day. And then, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I hate to not hire people just because of the location, but it is definitely a factor. When we're working in operations like we are, of all of the moving pieces, it, we have to consider that of how reliable and consistent can this one piece be, and then communicate that to the best we can. So when you when you are setting up those, do you, do you know about how how much uh, a staff member is driving in any given day? Because I know that's a big worry that a lot of people have when bringing them on and trying to understand, um, you know, how how we can best manage that with them. You know, we've gotten it down so portion of our team drive very far. Like I want to say a total of less than 20 miles a day between, you know, visits. Um, I I don't have the exact numbers for me, but I would say that's that's probably about average. Um, I guess that doesn't sound that bad in theory. But, you know, when you're going from visit to visit to visit and, you know, if you do run into, you know, we always have road construction in the summer and whatnot, you know, it's still gets to be a lot. It does add up because if you have people who are working five days a week, you know, that's that's 100 miles a week. That's 400 miles a month. Uh, and, you know, that's that's 5,000 miles a year. You know, that's that, yeah. that, 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 that does add up. And I think that's part of us just trying to, again, have that conversations with people because what we do is so weird. And a lot of people who are new to the industry don't consider that. Just sitting down and kind of putting some of those stuff in front of them to help them understand is really what one of the best things that we can do on our part. Yeah, definitely. Now, you mentioned that you focus primarily on dog walking and cat sitting. Anna, was there ever a time where you offered pet sitting and was that, or and did you ever make that shift as a company? Yeah, we offered pet sitting, you know, dog sitting um, overnights and, you know, uh, drop-in visits for years um, from when we started like 2013 until uh, actually 2020 or 2021, 2021. Um, and then. I I wanted to stop offering dog walk or dog sitting and overnight uh, for years. Um, most of our business has always been daily dog walking. Like I want to say seventy five percent plus, and I wanted to stop the pet sitting side for years. But I was just always really nervous to do it because I don't know niching down. Just you know made me really nervous that we lose clients or you know clients that maybe used us for both. Although they're really, we really didn't have a lot of overlap with that. I realized as I was kind of like, you know, digging deeper into the numbers and stuff. And so 2021, we stopped doing, yeah, dog sitting and overnights. Um, and technically our hours, I kind of said, we're like 8am to 6pm because we had a lot of cat clients who were like twice a day. So, you know, morning and then like kind of evening. And we had a fair amount of employees who still worked 
like evenings for us or weekends, you know, cause they had like nine to five jobs. And so I didn't want to completely cut them out either. And so we kept that for a while. And then this, um, June, June of this year, 2023, we cut our hours down to 9am to 4pm Monday through Friday and then nine to two on weekends. And I did that to, I wanted to cut out some kind of more cat sitting and just really focused on the dog walking. But a lot of our clients just, um, now if they want the day visits, we'll just schedule right at nine and then like three 30, you know, even on the weekends, like nine and like one 30. And I, I feel bad about that, but they, you know, they seem to be fine with it. And so we didn't lose as many cat clients as I thought we would, but, um, yeah, dog walking has just always been a huge part of our business. It just, I don't know why it just has always been that way. And, you know, I even, gosh, I remember like probably six, seven years ago, I like talked to like two different pet sitting business coaches and, you know, I, I just wanted to cut out the dog sitting. And, you know, I had one tell me don't because it's an extra stream of income. And then the other one was like, Oh, well, if you really want to, then do it, you know? And so I don't know, I just put it off for years. And then finally, just during the pandemic and everything, I was just like, you know, um, just done with the dog, you know, just working so late, working so early, you know? So, yeah. It it is a whole nother level of commitment, isn't it? And, And I know for us, it's, it can cause quite a bit of headache for staffing too. And so, Finding people to do early mornings, late nights, weekends, the consistency there really can drive a lot of decisions to go, you know what, actually, and plus the consistency of going, man, if I could provide a Monday through Friday, nine to four job for somebody, like, wow, like that's a, to me, that's a little bit more of an easy sell to get somebody to come on board as opposed to, well, sometimes you may have one hour and sometimes you may have... 47 hours. So kind of like, good, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I found is like, I'm probably not even making money on this like dog sitting because, you know, it was like, I had to have like twice the amount of people that you would normally need because, you know, yeah, between early mornings, you know, late nights, people who did overnights. I mean, it just didn't make sense for the, it being such a small part of our business. So you kind of, you it sounds like you kind of reached that point of going, you know what, this isn't worth the headache. Um, do you have any words of advice for people who are listening to this and, and feel like they're maybe on the fence of, of cutting out an entire service like that? Yeah. I mean, I would definitely see the pros and the cons um, and, you know, not just amount of visits or amount of revenue or whatever, but, you know, your actual like <laughs> mental well-being and how much is this, you know, um, affecting your life, just the added stress or whatnot. Um, and so I think you have to take that into account and ultimately do what is best for you. I mean, once we cut out the dog sitting, it felt like that all that we got for requests for like months, you know, that's what it felt like. Um, <laughs> it's just like, you know, the overnights, like everybody wanted them all of a sudden and we didn't offer them anymore. But once you get over that and you set yourself up for, you know, kind of that, whatever you want it to be as far as the niche, um, I mean, people will, you know, um, find you. And I guess I would just say, yeah, um, don't be afraid to 
do what is best. And even if, you know, cause as we got bigger and looking at like the, the, per, the amount of money that dog sitting was bringing in, even though it was still a small percentage, it's like, Ooh, I don't want to, you know, cut out that much money out of my business, but it's, we still continue to grow and grow, you know, even after cutting out these services and cutting our hours and everything. And so, um, so I think you can't be too afraid of losing some of that, you know, money, clients, whatever, because ultimately I think you still gain new clients who, you know, want exactly what you're providing. Yeah, it, 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 I think I'm, I'm really I'm really glad that you mentioned how it's more than just the the money aspect of it because as a business owner, that's where we tend to think a lot about right of going, what's my revenue? Am I meeting my goals? Am I paying for my own bills? Am I do I have enough for my team if I have them? And we worry about that, but going at the end of the day, like what's my mental burden? Am I feeling burned out from this? Are my staff feeling burned out from this? Am I tired of always having to be rehiring for something because I just can't fill that one spot? Whatever that is, like we all have those pain points, then it is difficult to step back and look at your business and go, you know what? Maybe the business model that I want is broken. Maybe that's not, maybe that's, I'm not that kind of person that wants to run that kind of business. So then what can I run? And really putting that together with like, again, where, where I want to be mentally, like how, how good do I want to sleep at night? Like all these things we have to take, take into balance. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not having to watch my phone until 9 PM until the last visit is done. I mean, there's just, money can't buy that. You know, I, I, I don't know. That's, that was my biggest thing. I just hated always kind of being on call, you know, even if I had, you know, at the time I had like an admin or whatever, but it was, it's still, you still just feel on the hook, you know? And so that's been just so great. Oh, and the countless times that, yeah, we've been like on the couch, like, oh my gosh, we really like, we've, we've had a long day. We really want to go to bed, but we're waiting for that last visit to wrap up because it's like, I I can't. I've got to be here for this person. And that's while that's something that we gladly do to be there. Like we don't want to leave them hanging and just, you know, put our phone in on silent and, and go to bed. Like we want to be we need to be there for somebody going, I don't know how how much of this is scalable for us and and where we really want to go. And as you as you streamlined that and kind of honed in on your your services, and how how did that impact like how you marketed um and, and how you were able to connect with clients? Yeah, we focused, you know, with focusing a lot more on the dog walking, um, you know, we focused a lot more on how it benefits clients as far as, you know, not having to rush home during the day or um, worried about their dogs during the day. Or, you know, I, I always frame it too for dogs who, you know, maybe can't handle doggy daycare or clients who don't want to maybe bring their dogs to doggy daycare for whatever reason. I, I feel like I use that a lot in marketing. Um, And so, yeah, so it was a lot less about like, you know, peace of mind. I mean, of course, we still want to provide peace of mind, but, you know, it's someone's just gone for, you know, part of the day, not, you know, for a week at a time or whatever. And so, yeah, kind of focusing more on convenient we are and how we can help the clients so that they don't have to worry during the day. That convenience aspect, that's huge because you're right. People who are looking for that that daily thing, those daily dog walks, um, that that's the pain point there of, okay, if I, if they are taking them to a daycare, if they're worried about doing a daycare, going, 
we you don't have to do that. You don't have to worry about pickup or drop off times or or spending that time in the traffic or or the adding that extra miles to you. So now we can bring in this other thing and and remembering like. There are pain points specifically, and, and that's part of that marketing messaging that gets hard because I know I tend to think a lot about, oh, the dog. Oh, the do- your dog needs to pee. Do you worry about your dog needing to pee? Do you worry about this? But realizing, no, no, no. Like The human has a whole other aspect of things that need to be spoken to that often get left on the sideline. Yeah, and I mean, so many of our clients hire out for everything, you know, lawn, whatever. And so kind of making it, you know, just another thing that we're taking off their plate to, you know, I, I feel like we use that a lot in our marketing too. No, it, it's, it's important to remember that of going, this is a, this is a lifestyle aspect for them, right? Um, mm-hmm. Anna, you, you started in 2013. Um, what happened in 2013 that made you decide that pet care is what you needed to do? Yeah. So I was a teacher for nine years. I taught English, language arts, middle school, high school. And I, for a little while that I didn't want to teach anymore and started um, kind of thinking, all right, if I make this huge career change, you know, that's all I went to school for. That's, you know, all I know. Both of my parents were teachers um, that I didn't want to just um, just jump into like, I don't know, just a different job for the sake of a job. And it's so cliche, but I, I literally thought, you know, if I wasn't getting paid, what would I want to do all day? And, you know, it was either hang out with dogs all day or read all day because, you know, I was an English teacher and um, I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to go back to school for like a master's and like, cause I'd probably be a, a librarian and I didn't want to go to school for that. Um, or go back to school for that. And so I decided I'd try, yeah, dog walking and pet sitting. And I started the business, um, got everything set up and I had signed a contract to teach for one more year. So I, I was just very part-time for 2013 into 2014. And then Went full time June of 2014. Stopped teaching. Just jumped in, and luckily, I mean, you know, my paychecks went through the summer, um, and so it was like, okay, by the fall, I just have to be up and running, like business. And you know, at the time, I just calculated like how many visits I'd have to do a day or a week to equal my like teaching salary, and so that's that's what I, you know, just went with at first. Um, but then, you know, I read like, you know, I started doing some research on like the business and industry and stuff. And I read, um, Kristen Morrison's book at the time, like six figure, you know, pet sitting business or whatever it is. Um, and I was like, Oh, this can actually be like a legit, you know, like not just me, but like, you know, an actual business with the team and stuff. And so that's what really got me started with, um, with employees and stuff. Those goals are so important. You know, I love how you sat down and went, okay, how do I, what do I have to do to match my income? Right. And and just, and it gives us something to go, okay, like I've got one more down. And, and while it, while it can be a little overwhelming at first, it also, as you chunk away and you get that one more and you get that one more and you get that one more, it's like, oh my gosh, like things are happening. (laughs) It's like, and it's really is a place where 
if you don't have those kind of goals written out, it kind of feels like, you know, to what end am I working? What is actually happening and what's going on? But to be able to, because, you know, Megan and I started out going, we want to pay for our groceries, right? And then we need your business to pay for our, you know, our insurance and pay, and just building up from there. And it's exciting. It kind of builds this anticipation in this, like, okay, what's the next thing we can tackle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I remember, this is so cheesy, but I remember like, literally I'd be out like walking dogs and I would just have it in my head, like uh, just the number of visits a day um, and kind of the amount, like as far as to get to six figures. And I just remember like repeating that over in my head, like, um, yeah, I was so focused on that for a long time then too. So yeah, it is, it is good to have some of those goals and like broken down exactly like, you know, how many visits does it take to get to that, you know, um, or how many employees would I need to have to get to this number two, you know. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, we actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. What are, what are some goals that you're striving for now? Or maybe how, how have your goals changed over the years? So I guess now what I'm striving for is, you know, I want the business to run whether I'm there or not. And I want to get it, not that I want to sell the business, but I want to get it to a place where I could sell it at any time because um, I'm definitely not there. And to that point, then everything would be running fairly smoothly and on its own. So I think it's a good goal to set just because if I don't, um, I'm not organized enough to have it running like already. And so, so that's kind of my next goal. Another goal is, I mean, seven figures, you know, I, I would, I wouldn't mind hitting that. I will say like, it is good to set goals and feel good to achieve them, but I I've found after kind of, you know, setting those first initial goals and, you know, being, having the business for a few years that once you do hit them, it's kind of, you know, it's great for like, (laughs) I don't know, a moment, a day, whatever, but you really have to enjoy working towards that goal too, you know, Mm -hmm. because once you hit it, it's, it's really, it's not... (laughs) nothing changes really. Um, (laughs) and so, you know, I mean, it does, but it doesn't, you know, or there's new problems. And so you just find that, you know, like back then, you know, I was like, Oh, if I just hit six figures and I'll have made it, but then I hit six, but you know, and feel any different. And so you really have to appreciate all of the work as you're doing it. Yeah. Really. I mean, it really takes being in the moment too, to, to look around and go, man, I run, you know, a, a bad a business you know i this is awesome this is i'm do, this is this thing is great and sometimes i don't know sometimes your goal can be i yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna make it another year right keep the business going so it's it, it kind of starts at like keep the business from failing right so how do i grow 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 to okay now i need to my goal is now to sustain 
sustain. And, and now that's going to change and adapt as markets change, client needs change, staffing or issues come up arise. You make big shifts in your in your uh, services that you offer, but it's like keep business, keep business, keep business. And that goal of going, you know what? How would I? That's going. How would I make this business run without me? Like there's so many benefits to that. Like even if you are, even if you're a solo solopreneur and if you're only in the business, going. My goodness, like if you like if something happened to you and you couldn't run, you couldn't be in your business, would couldn't you wouldn't it be great to have something to hand to somebody to go, here's how you could take over, here's how this thing could happen, here's all how things work. So from a from a um like longevity perspective too, of like, okay, we're not gonna be around in our businesses. We're not I I don't have the secret elixir to living forever. So like I don't like <laughs> something's gonna happen to this business when we're gone. And if we can do something so where it continues, you know, for the next person, or or maybe we do decide, you know what? My passions have changed. My 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 station in life is different. I I need to step back now. It provides you with that there. So figuring out how could that could work, like, and that's a that's a whole matrix of things, right? <laughs> of like, oh gosh, you know that that kind of thing is is uh, takes a long time. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And just, I mean, oh, yeah, just managing all the yeah processes and you know procedure. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but it is necessary. I mean, truly, you know, because I even. I hate to say it, but I mean, you know, if something happened to me tomorrow, um, I'm not sure that the business could last, you know, and that is not a business, you know, it should even now be able to run without me or, you know, my managers should be able to take over whatever the case is. And so, yeah. So even, yeah, if you are solo, whatever, I think everybody needs to think about that. Definitely. Well, you mentioned your 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 manager there, and I know you have uh, several different kinds of managers. So, to talk to us about the, those positions that you've created. Yeah, so I've got a field manager and a client services coordinator, and then we talked a little bit about I have two team leads. I would like to have four, um, and then I also have a, a team trainer who just is still in the field but trains people. So that's kind of our um, you know, uh, organizational map. And so the field manager, she, uh, does all the hiring and, um, you know, weeding through applications. We use jazz HR. And so, you know, she does the phone interviews, the in-person interviews. I still will occasionally sit in if we are hiring somebody like for a team lead or more of a leadership position. And, um, field manager she also will train new employees um she'll also cover if we're really short-staffed she'll cover visits in the field too um and then my client services coordinator she started as a team lead and we created this position for her because um we needed somebody to she does all the scheduling um and and all the you know she responds to clients in time to pet does all the messaging in time to pet and she um yeah it's pretty much in front of her computer all day and on slack we use slack to communicate with our team and so she's also a vet tech so like if there if our team have any questions or issues in the field like with the health of pets or whatever, you know, it's really nice to have her, um, there to answer the questions. And so she's been 
very helpful. But yeah, she does all the scheduling and everything. And so we only put her in the field if we absolutely have to, um, because, you know, we do kind of need somebody to be around to, you know, respond to clients and respond to our team and stuff. And then, yeah, the team leads I mentioned oversee the specific areas and, you know, help with training and, um, overseeing our team and the various areas. And they'll also, you know, cover visits or take visits if we're, you know, short staffed or, um, um, someone is sick or on vacation or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of how we have it. Yeah. And, and I know that, um, you know, that's a, that's a lot of different people managing different things. And I mean, so when you sat down, like what was the first, did you have a, an order maybe of, of, of the first position you made and did you grow from there? Or did you envision kind of this, this hierarchy and then fill and expand to it? Well, I initially had kind of, yeah, kind of the idea of like a manager admin person who would, you know, do the scheduling and, you know, respond to clients and things like that. And then I also need in mind, um, kind of like break down our service area into smaller, you know, portions. And as we've grown so that our dog walkers and pet sitters feel like they have someone who they can, you know, go to if they have, you know, questions, concerns, issues. And, um, also, I mean, just, a matter of like filling in, um, if again, if we're short staffed or someone's sick or on vacation. And then I don't, my team leads don't currently do this, but ideally I would like them to do all of the, we call them registration meetings, but the meet and greets, um, for their area too. I still do a lot of the registration meetings, but I would eventually like to have them do that as well. So that's initially what I kind of thought, um, was kind of my plan. And then the field manager position, I kind of made it up when I um, found my field manager. And because I also had another manager who kind of oversaw, I guess you could call her like an operations manager, you know, just kind of overseeing kind of everything um, and where those came from. And I just, with the field manager, I just knew that I wanted to not be hiring or not be doing all the hiring basically. Um, and she has done that in previous jobs and is very good at it. So, okay. um, handed that off to her. <laughs> so it sounded like, so it sounds like you had people on your team that you recognized these talents in and saw where you could place them in a different position in your company, or did you open up a position and then go search directly for that person? So a little bit of both. Ideally, I would like to hire from within because, you know, it's it's so much easier because they already know uh, how we run and everything. And so I have promoted some of our walkers and sitters to team leads, but we have hired from outside for team leads as well. And my field manager, she had actually applied for just my kind of general manager position. And I had just hired my general manager. Um, but yeah, I just really liked her experience and stuff. And so then I created the field manager and then my man, my general manager, um, I had, she was with us for about a little over a year and then she took an, you know, another position and kind of like her old, um, old field. And so we've been without one since and 
Um, so I guess I'm kind of taking on that role, I guess. But ultimately, I would like to hire another kind of general manager, operations manager. But uh, I'm a little over leveraged on <laughs> the management side as it is. And so so I'm going to hold off a little bit on that. But, um, you know, it's just even though I am a little over leveraged on the leadership um, and management, I would rather be paying more for that than to have to not take vacations like I, you know, (laughs) didn't for like eight years. And, you know, just knowing that we have people in place to do things, whether I'm there or not, or um, it's just, it's worth it, you know, for me anyway, worth the money. And yeah. (laughs) At at what scale did you bring on your, have your first manager? Cause that's, that's a lot of questions of, Oh, do I need a manager at when I've got, two staff or whenever I've got 15 staff or 20 staff or, or was it just a personal preference where you were like, you know what, these things I don't want to do any longer. So I need somebody help. I need help to do this. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. I, I had a, a pet sitter dog walker who pre pandemic, um, who I asked if she wanted to do kind of, yeah, kind of be a manager admin and take over a lot of like the scheduling and responding to clients um, in time to pet. And so that's kind of where it started. She was very part-time. She still did a lot of pet sitting and dog walking for us. And then, you know, with the pandemic, I needed her a lot less. And so, um, you know, we kind of cut back on that, but then we grew quickly after the pandemic. Part of it was I, I absorbed, a business that was closing kind of bought a business that was closing. And so we grew kind of quickly from there and um, yeah, I was just stretched way too thin. And so I hired a, a manager. I w- was looking for a manager um, and hired one outside of pop culture and then started adding kind of the team lead position to, and, you know, I had a couple of dog walkers, pet sitters who I knew would be good for the, role and so kind of you know put them in those roles and then kind of gone from there so you know when you're training and you're you're hiring for this you said they're all part-time in these positions for the most part field managers full-time um my team leads it kind of depends um they kind of work like nine to three uh i've got one that works basically full-time and oh my client services coordinator she works you know, Monday through Friday, nine to four are open hours. Um, so she's, you know, close to full-time too. And, oh, I did forget to mention, I do have an assistant manager who works on the weekends. She covers every other weekend. Cause that, that's again, these, these are positions where, you know, my mind, I fully understand what it means to hire a dog walker or a pet sitter. Once we start talking about hiring a manager, you know, that's, that's something that we have not personally hired on in our own business. So it is kind of hard for me to go, how, Ooh, gosh, what does compensation look like for this? How many hours can I give this person? Um, you know, but it sounds like what you did was like, okay, maybe I can, a, a pathway to this is going, if I have somebody in my company who already, who I feel like can take on some more responsibilities, I can start giving them a few hours a few hours and then possibly give them more hours and then more hours and just grow it kind of organically that way to see kind of what exactly you need in your business. And then kind of where you are right now, Anna going, yeah, I you, sounds like you could just post a full-time field manager position and, and absorb that into your company, you know, if, you know, if, if you needed to. 
definitely think at work to someone on slowly. And yeah, if you find someone on your team that seems like they would be a good fit, I definitely think that's the way to go if you can. Um, that may not always be the case. I mean, again, like I would like to have two more team leads and I would love to hire from within, but I don't have anybody else on our team who is really interested um, or who I think would be a good fit for the position. So, I mean, sometimes I do still hire outside, but I do think it's, if you, if you have those people on your team, I think moving them up is so much easier. And yeah, as far as training and everything, because they already know how you kind of run things. And so it's, it's much easier. Yeah. Now, are they, do they do a lot of interaction with one another or kind of how do you have that set up of, of reporting to you or, or interacting at, the, at that level? My field manager and I, we meet weekly in person and, you know, kind of go over, um, you know, since she's in charge of hiring, go over hiring and, um, you know, how that's going and things like that and just anything else that we're working on. And then feeds and my client services coordinator, we were meeting weekly, monthly. Um, lately, we've been so understaffed that like, somebody is always like out in the field. And so we've had a hard time like meeting like in person. So um, we were trying to do it monthly, but we kind of put that off. But that's actually, that's one of my like 2024 goals is to make sure to like, you know, um, keep that at least monthly meeting. I probably like to make it like every um, week or every other week with my team leads just to make sure that everything is, um, you know, just so we're all on the same page and, everything but we do have you know we've got like a leadership channel in slack you know for all of like my team leads field manager client services coordinator and then um my client services coordinator like we have a channel for each of our team members and then we've got like the team lead on that channel and you know the field manager my client services coordinator so we all kind of you know um can help out our dog walkers and pet sitters uh, you know if they need help in the field or whatever I really like that idea of having that channel of kind of that little group chat with not just, you know, because it would be kind of easy to have it siloed of team lead and and um and your staff member, but including your client service coordinator on that with the team lead, with the team member helps have a little bit more cohesive and, and so everybody really knows kind of like, okay, where is this issue or or where where does this thing stand or how is this progressing? So everybody's in the loop on something. Yeah, exactly. Um, it does make it so much easier because otherwise, yeah, if everybody's just like direct, you know, DMing on um, Slack, you know, it's, it's, you just don't necessarily know what's going on. So yeah, it does kind of keep everybody in the loop. So that has worked out well. The National Association of Professional Pet Sitters is the only national, nonprofit, professional pet sitting association dedicated to raising and abiding by industry standards. Our friends at NAPS provide pet sitters with the tools and resources to own and operate successful pet sitting businesses, and a key aspect of that is their in-person pet sitting conference. This year, the Bloom and Grow Your Business, March 1st through 3rd in Savannah, Georgia. Their goal is to bring together industry leaders with session topics that are idea-focused and on a wide range of subjects to foster learning, inspiration, and provoke conversations that truly matter. Believe it or not, registration is still open for just a few more days if you are listening to this episode right when it comes out. Registration is now $225 for your ticket. 
visit the NAPS website at petsitters.org for information regarding the NAPS membership, certification, and complete conference details. Once again, just a few more days left to register for the NAPS conference in Savannah, Georgia. When when we bring on staff members for like dog walking and pet sitting, right? again, I, I know what it means for them to do a great job of being a dog walker and pet sitter, right? I can I can assess their work really well. How do you go about assessing whether a team lead or your uh, client service coordinator or your field manager? How do you know, okay, yeah, they're doing a good job or or not? With my field manager, um, go over num- like hiring numbers every week and when we meet, it's kind of in our weekly meetings, we kind of go over, you know, what needs to get done. And, um, so I just kind of assess, I guess, you know, in, you know, how, how she's doing and, um, you know, if we're kind of getting everything done, you know, she's got, we've got like hiring goals and things like that, but I honestly didn't hit them in 2023. I don't blame her at all. I mean, I, it's, you know, it is kind of the nature of the business. Um, and, you know, I, I also kind of assess like how often, you know, because she does training and kind of oversees staff, um, oversees our team in general, just kind of how often she's, you know, interacting with our various team members and checking in with them and things like that. And then our team leads, they oversee you know, a a portion of our dog walkers and pet sitters. And so whenever they're on, they're always checking, you know, um, visit reports and, um, you know, photos and like in time to pet, like the time and like mileage and just checking everything. And so they have spreadsheets that they fill out for each of our walkers and sitters. And so, you know, I kind of keep an eye on that, that they're doing that. And then, you know, if, if issues, crop up that they're reaching out to the dog walker pet sitter and, you know, talking about whatever the issue might be with them. Um, and so that's, um, kind of how I, I oversee that. And then the client services coordinator, we've got a few kind of scheduling numbers that I kind of have her oversee and that I kind of watch, you know, one of them in time to pet is it's a number of time to pet, you know, and it basically tracks like, you know, how efficient our walkers and sitters are. And so I kind of watch that and I watch that because she does all of the scheduling. So to make sure that, you know, all of our routes are efficient and um, also kind of watching, you know, how quickly she responds to clients in time to pad and things like that. So yeah, some of it's not so formal, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think that really stresses the importance because you know, Anna, you were like, oh yeah, like uh, it's it's efficiency reports. It's are they managing? Are they are they submitting spreadsheets correctly? What are the hiring numbers like? How are these things like sitting down and going? It starts with us going. What do I deem important? for this person, not how do they think they're doing that? I mean, sure, that's you can take this into an assessment when you're talking to them, but going, no, this is not, it's not a subjective. It is an objective measurement of whether they are doing well or not. And that's what we get. We have to, we not we get to, we have to decide because if we don't, the person we hire in whatever position is just going to be floundering. They're just going to be making stuff up and we're going to go, well, I don't know if it's, you know, nobody's going to know what's going on. And 
that's unkind to them. That's not a well-run business. And so to be able to sit down and go, you know, I need you to be hitting this XYZ. And and it can sound harsh, but it's business, it's mission critical. So going, this is where you need to be focused. And and that's okay to then have that conversation and help them, equip them, train them to meet that. And I noticed on your website, you you talked about um, kind of relieving pet parent guilt and and helping people to to live that life and how do how are you maybe we already talked about this you know, but but how are you speaking to 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 clients about this because i know when i've tried in the past to craft that message sometimes i can feel like all i'm doing is just making them feel worse <laughs> about about their pet <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it really is a, a fine line i guess and um although really any client that is reaching out to us, you know, uh, uh, whether they're using us for dog walking or pet sitting or cat sitting, already doing a, not not to like <laughs> toot my own horn or to you know like our business, but um, ready like doing a good thing for their pets. So I mean, mm. they shouldn't feel guilty because obviously they're caring enough to you know spend this extra money on their pets. They obviously do care a lot about their pets, and so um kind of the break during the day um how their dogs enjoy you know being with us and you know being out you know we try to like make the updates kind of fun and photos and things that we send to clients and time to pet and yeah, then uh, you know we did kind of talk about how our services benefit the clients and how they don't have to feel that guilt then you know or feel guilty about like going out for a happy hour after work or you know, going to kids' games or whatever because, you know, their dog is taken care of. Yeah, and, and you mentioned there of like just straight up talking about how much fun dogs have with you or how much cats enjoyed their time with you. Like that's focused purely, purely on the positive aspect of it. And, and it's, and that's such a great way to get around that instead of being like, are you worried your pet's sad and depressed at home without you while you're working long hours? It's like, ah, no, don't start there. Right. <laughs> like, like talk about the, 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 you know, you can go straight to the end and go, here's, you know, here's Baxter out enjoying his, his sniffari or his adventure walk that he's out with today and getting exercise and exploring new places. And, and people kind of this almost makes it kind of an aspirational thing of like, wow, I Mm -hmm. want my dog to have that. I want my cat to have that experience. Let me, how, how do I make that happen? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, Anna, I want to thank you so much for taking your time today to to talk with us and walk us through how you've managed those growing pains and how you've positioned people in your company to make it more robust uh, as you've focused on serving your clients in in new ways, too, and and growing your services. Uh, But I know that there's a whole lot more here. So if people want to follow along with what you're doing and what pup culture has going on, uh, how best can people do that? Yeah, so uh, you can check out our website, pupculturemn.com or our Instagram or Facebook, pupculturemn. If people want to get a hold of me, um, you can email me at Anna at pupculturemn.com. This has been such a pleasure. I, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. What vision do you have for your business? A conversation with Anna reminded me that it's important to understand the work required, the tools we need, and the team we need to build around us to meet the vision that we have for our business and our life. Whether that means hiring, 
Whether that means getting that CPA, whether it's getting a coach, whether it's building that network, there are things that we have to do in order to get to where we want to go. It just doesn't happen overnight. We want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet, and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters for making today's show possible. We really want to thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. I'm <laughs> sorry.